Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman, sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Happy Friday, Valley sports fans. Happy Football Friday. Man, do we got a lot to talk about today. I am Dan Bickley. To my left, Vince Murata. Good morning. Murata! Sarah the Ruthless. Ruthless! (laughs) And that scruffy mongrel there. That guy. Shut up, Jared. (laughs) Jared Carlin. Yeah, him too. So what's going on, y'all? It's Friday. Yeah, I know. Ready for it. Quite a week. Yeah, yeah you and me I both. I figured uh, people don't like to hear about you know the passing of time and how it affects people individually, but I'll share it with you anyway. Um, for the first year of uh, us doing mornings, mm-hmm. I thought the weeks just went by so fast, so fast. We're in football season now, and you're like, uh-huh. wow, it's really going to breeze by. This week dragged like crazy to me. For the first am I, year. Am I alone? No, you're not. This week was three weeks. Yeah. In my brain. For the first year only ended like a week ago. So you're saying this week just was brutally long? It's exactly what yeah. I just outlined. Literally right? what I'm saying. That's <laughs> <laughs> precisely what he's saying. And I feel that. I'm with you. All right. Just, I, I, yeah, I don't want to be alone on uh, that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's all Here's good. the real reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's because last week was a short week. Last week was a four-day week. Was so it? When, wasn't it? Yeah, but you know what? So when you follow a four-day week, that's, that's, that's whole... proof right there. We don't, that, that, <laughs> I, that's, I think that's the bottom line. There is no connectivity to any of this because True. every week is just a struggle to get through. But those are our problems. People don't want to hear about our problems. Indeed, right? Tweet you know us I mean? about your problems. Tweet us about your problems. If you, if you do want to hear about more of my problems, let me know. All right. So it's, <laughs> so it's a big week in football. A lot of great games. A lot of big games. Um, I'm, we're going to start today's show with a limerick, Vinny. A limerick. Oh, no. Oh, Get ready on that button, this, Jarrett. This oh. was <laughs> no, this is nothing to do with Nantucket. Okay, good. All right. So this is a limerick written by a Bears fan in advance of their big game in Green Bay. And it's getting a little bit of run in Chicago. Here is the limerick. Up north lives a quarterback named Aaron with a postseason record Saharan. Fought COVID with hope. While drinking weird dope, because he's intellectually barren. Start the show, Jared! The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Cannonball! Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Jared, get it up uh, for social studies. Cardinals limericks. Cardinals limericks. I love it. <laughs> Type in love it, it as you <laughs> love it. Cardinals limericks. Yeah, yesterday we talked about a, a storm coming. Mm. Uh, about that storm, a significant lightning strike occurred Thursday afternoon when Suns minority owner John Najafi, who has the si- second.
second biggest ownership stake in the team, published an open letter to employees and players calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. Najafi's letter read, quote, there should be zero tolerance for discriminatory actions of any level in any setting, let alone a professional one. Najafi also wrote that he has no interest in becoming the managing partner, but he will work tirelessly to ensure the next team steward treats all stakeholders with dignity, professionalism, and respect. This came on the heels from a uh, statement released by Phoenix Mayor uh, Kate Gallego and the Phoenix City Council. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the storm is more than brewing right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's it's very interesting to me because they're uh, league-wide. There are people taking the tack, John Hollinger among others, that, that Adam Silver, after that awful, bumbling press conference where you could tell he just could not even pretend to believe the words that were coming out of his mouth, that he's got 364 days to, to remove this owner and replace this owner because, like we talked about yesterday, could you imagine how awful it would be to just, like, a year from now for this just to return back to normal? Mm-hmm. That can't happen. Mm-hmm. But how ramific- do we get to that point? And the ramifications yeah. potentially of yeah. that hap- yeah. happening are, oof. Yeah. Oh, no uh, doubt. Phoenix Suns also named minority owner Sam Garvin as interim governor during Robert Sarver's one-year suspension, as reported by ESPN's Baxter, Baxter Holmes. Sarver did have input in whom would fill that role in his absence. Uh, the return of J.J. Watt to practice on a limited basis highlighted the day for the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday. Watt missed week one against Kansas City with a calf strain, said yesterday he's hopeful to be on the field Sunday in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Tight end Zach Ertz was out there in a full capacity, uh, but safety Jalen Thompson, receivers Rondell Moore, and Andy Isabella were not. Sunday's game kicks off at one twenty-five Arizona time. You can hear all the action with Dave Pash, Ron Wolfley, and Paul Calvisi on the call here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports station pregame coverage starts at 8 30 a.m on sunday morning uh in a tie game in the fourth quarter jalen watson picked off a justin herbert pass returned at 99 yards for a touchdown fueling the kansas city chiefs 27 24 win over the san diego or san diego los angeles chargers on thursday night football i actually typed san diego it's okay it's friday uh the chargers led uh, 10 nothing in the first half then again 17 7 in the third quarter after a herbert to mike williams touchdown pass but then the chiefs reeled off 20 straight points to take control. Herbert played the last five minutes of the game in severe in uh, obvious pain. Injury to his ribs, had x-rays after the game, did not speak to reporters following yeah. the contest. You get, you could tell it wasn't affecting him throwing the ball because it was on the left side of his, of his torso, but he couldn't do anything with that left arm, and I don't know how serious that injury is going to be. That could be really bad. Brandon Staley downplayed it afterwards. Okay. It looked pretty bad. Yeah, it did. He looked very unnatural out there, but afterwards I got to give Herbert credit. Made two of the best throws you'll ever see. Oh, unbelievable! On that touchdown drive. Except Jared doesn't like this guy for some reason. No. Overrated. He's jealous of his hair. I'm not jealous of overrated. anyone's hair. Overrated. He is overrated. He's very, He's very talented. Very heavily I, hyped right now. He okay. had the second most interceptions in the entire NFL last year. He choked down down the stretch. His overall record is not very good. He lost the game yesterday. He threw an interception at the goal line. That's why he, they lost. Did you see that route that Gerald Everett? Ran. <laughs> they, do, you know why, do you know why he threw that interception at the goal line? The tight end was begging out of the game. They left him in the game, yeah, and he ran the, the worst goal line route since AJ <laughs> Green. Well, don't throw the ball to the guy that's exhausted and not open. How about uh, how about uh, the the Chiefs the inf- the damage inflicted by guys named uh, Jay Watson? Oh. Justin Watson had a touchdown yeah. pass. Jalen Watson, a seventh round pick, had a ninety nine yard touchdown. So cool to see uh, draft picks make uh, immediate <laughs> contributions. Oh, 
According to reports, Seattle Seahawks safety Jamal Adams will miss the remainder of the season. Adams suffered a quadriceps tendon injury in Monday night's win over the Broncos. Big uh, blow for the Seahawks there. All three in-state universities in uh, action at home this weekend. ASU will host Eastern Michigan in Tempe Saturday night at 8. First ever meeting between the two schools and only ASU's third matchup with current members of the MAC. Last one coming in 2019 when they hosted Kent State. Uh, That's at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Also at 8 o'clock on Saturday, an interesting matchup in Tucson with the Wildcats hosting North Dakota State, the reigning FCS national champions. After winning it last year, North Dakota State has won nine titles since 2011. Uh, That game gets underway at 8, as I mentioned, and NAU will play its first home game. They play North Dakota State. Against uh, at the Sky Dome in Flagstaff. That's at one o'clock. How about this too? Very Eastern Michigan type of uh, weekend for Valley teams. Eastern Michigan playing ASU. Interesting. And the Cardinals going up against Eastern Michigan star Max oh, Crosby, who's oh, like one of only three Eastern Michigan players look in the at whole that. league. Uh, another lights out debut for a young D backs player yesterday was Dre Jamison, the former uh, overall thirty uh, fourth overall pick in twenty nineteen. Jamison cruised, allowing just two hits over seven scoreless innings. D backs took the opener of a four game series against San Diego, four nothing. Cattell Marte led off the bottom of the fourth with a solo home run off Sean Manaya. Emmanuel Rivera went deep three batters later to give the D backs a two nothing lead. They tacked on two more later. Same two teams tonight. Madison Bumgarner takes them out against Blake Snell in a battle of left-handers. First pitch at 6.40. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, President Biden will be meeting with the families of both Phoenix Mercury Center Brittany Griner and corporate security executive Paul Whelan, who are both detained in Russian prisons. Of course, Griner was sentenced to nine years in prison earlier this summer after being found guilty on drug smuggling and possession charges. She's been detained since February. Whelan was arrested in Russia on spying charges in 2018 and got a 16-year prison sentence in June of 2020. So we'll see if there's any developments there. Uh, on the court in the WNBA, the Connecticut Sun beat the Las Vegas Aces 105-76 to stay alive in the league finals. We saw history last night. First ever triple-double in the WNBA finals from Alyssa Thomas of uh, Connecticut. 16 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. Game four is on Sunday. Uh, Mercury guard Skylar Diggins-Smith named the uh, to the first team All-WNBA squad yesterday, joining Asia Wilson and Kelsey Plum of Vegas, Candace Parker and Brianna Stewart. And Roger Federer, one of the all-time greats in men's tennis, announced he's retiring from the sport after 24 years as a pro. 20 Grand Slam titles, including separate runs of five straight championships at Wimbledon and the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. His yep. last competitive match came at Wimbledon last summer, and he's going to participate as part of Team Europe along with Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Andy Murray at the Labor Cup in London uh, next weekend, which is a pretty cool event. Did you see who the captains are? No. Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe. Oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, one of the all time great, one of the all time classiest athletes we've we've seen in our lifetime. Yeah, Nadal's message to him on social media yesterday was also incredibly classy. Yes, very sweet. Those two, eh, it's it's a bummer. I mean, first Serena Williams, now Roger Federer, two of the greats of all time. Yeah, in in a matter of weeks. A lot of people think Roger Federer could have won even a ton more majors. He was resistant to new racket technology for the longest time. Also, if he didn't play in the era of Nadal, how many French Open would he have won? Think about that. At least probably three or four. I think the fact that Federer won won once at the French Open is an amazing accomplishment during the run of Rafa Nadal. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, There you go. There's your splash for Friday, September 16th. Coming up next, Jom Najafi.
Firing a salvo at Robert Sarver. What does it all mean? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Football Friday, live from the Auction Community Studios here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Adam Silver botched this. Uh, and I think Adam Silver is the most progressive and the smartest commissioner hmm. in all sports. Because we're starting to see the sort of uh, uh, you know groundswell of outrage, and especially from the players who are very important in this equation, I think maybe this is just the beginning and not the end. That was uh, Jay Williams of ESPN Radio on with Wolf and Luke yesterday, and then followed by Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, who joined us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings yesterday as well. Uh, a lot of our show, Bick, kind of looked into the crystal ball, looked into the future on what was next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is now that this punishment has been handed out to Robert Sarver, and as soon as the interim governor was appointed, which happened yesterday, would this story go away? The answer yesterday was a resounding no. Uh, you got a statement from Kate Gaye the mayor of Phoenix, the city council of Phoenix, and then followed by the bombshell statement put out by John Najafi, the minority owner who has the second biggest ownership stake in the Suns, put out on the, the Najafi company's uh, letterhead, uh, basically calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver, that this is not ex- uh, acceptable behavior mm-hmm. in a professional manner. Also made it very clear at the conclusion of his letter that uh, he doesn't want to be the managing partner. But also it's very important to him that the next steward uh, treats all stakeholders with dignity, professionalism, and respect. That's kind of the bombshell right here. What are the ramifications of it now? This is basically do, – do we know when the suspension kicks in? What, is it is it now I, starting I, yeah, because I, Garvin's yes, in place? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we're one day into this, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just getting started. I agree with Howard Beck. There are people who think the bumbling nature of Adam Silver's press conference will actually in the long run help facilitate Robert Sarver's removal because it angered people that much that the league was that powerless to, to do something that a lot of people thought was necessary to do. And so as a result, it, you can argue all day long that this should not be on the players, this should not be on other people to clean up this mess, uh, but the facts are what the facts are. Uh, I was told yesterday by somebody um, that it, it, this wasn't really... A case. It was more. It wasn't just the case of the NBA not thinking, "Hey, we might have issues if we try to take this team from this guy because we uh, he might win. Our case might not be strong enough in court." I was told it was. It, it's quite more than that. It was the fear of Robert Sarver and his attorneys countersuing the NBA for a very big number. Mm-hmm. If they took away his team, and so it was that fear more than anything. Uh, that I think uh, kept Adam Silver from getting um, the requisite amount of 23 owners to get on board with this whole thing. But the more and more you pencil it out, the more and more you realize it. this would just be untenable for him to return next year. It would do incredible damage to the long-term status of this franchise. Yeah, I mean, there's the possibility that in this year, let's go down this road of of possibility, if we will, um, you know, with the, the training that Robert Sarver receives, and, and there's a lot of skeptics, and I, uh, you know, believe uh, th- there's reason to be skeptical. Can you change that much over the course of a year when you've had 18 years in this setting, 60 years on planet Earth, 
and how many other years in other corporate and business settings where mm-hmm. this has probably been prevalent? Can you change that much in a year? Even if that is possible, the court of public opinion would never forgive Robert yeah. Sarber for this. No. And that court of public opinion also includes NBA players, potential free agents, coaching, Kevin Durant, coaching candidates, coaching candidates, front Devin office Booker. candidates, yeah, high quality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, business operations people in the Season organization, ticket holders, everything, all the way down the line. I can't tell you how many people I've seen on social media, and yes, it's it's emotional, it's new, it's raw. I get it, but people saying they're done with the Suns. I mean, longtime yeah. fans who mm-hmm. are invested at a time where the Suns are a championship contender. Right. And they're saying they're done. Now, right. whether or not there's follow through, that's an individual thing. I'm just saying what I've perceived on social media. In no, the last few you, years. no, you're absolutely right. So I, I really am. I'm really curious now as to how the Suns react and, and what they choose to say, if they choose to say anything, if they choose to elaborate, if they choose to even band together and do something stronger. Um, what if what if guys like LeBron James and other their high-profile players tell the NBA, we're not going to Phoenix. We're not playing basketball games in Phoenix. Stephen A. Smith brought up very, something very interesting because after the punishment was handed out, there was reaction. LeBron James followed by Chris Paul, a player in the league of a very prominent stature outside of Phoenix and one inside Phoenix. Here's what Stephen A. Smith said on uh, those two specifically. Based on the reports and based on the things that we've seen and heard, I definitely don't think he should be an owner in the National Basketball Ball Association, and I can tell you right now, with CP3 and LeBron James, again, their heart's in the right place. I don't have any disagreement with what they said. I'm just saying the timing of it should have and could have been earlier, because had that been the case, who knows what kind of punishment would have been handed down. It might have been uh, uh, stiffer, which would have appeased a lot more people than it has. There's a lot of food for thought there, and it does make you think, but... In that scenario laid out by Stephen A. Smith, how would they have known what this investigation was going to turn up? There's no way they could have known it would match almost word for word an example, for example, what Baxter Holmes wrote in November. Well, I, I disagree. With that. I, they could have known that, but they didn't know it. I, they could have uh, they could have looked at it and said, okay, this is an, an investigative writer who put all this time in. This is a very comprehensive story, but I do think, like I said, I do think the obfuscation at the very beginning of this, and if you go back and you read some of the denials and you read how Robert Sarver attacked the story, that that's where if you were a, a player on the Suns who gave him the benefit of the doubt that is why you would feel compelled now to to write that wrong because i do think in theory the sons in their silence i'm, I'm not going to say it was complicit silence but it had the same effect it had the same effect and so what they're saying is if this thing had come out um after baxter holmes wrote this and people would have caused a fit then 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 it, things might be different now it, look robert sarver denied a lot of this and people who worked for robert sarver they were in pursuit of a championship yes they did not want to get too sidetracked but even so after the the, the story that came out in november from baxter holmes is robert sarver not 
afforded due process. Of course he is. That's probably why there was nothing nothing said. Well, when because, right because there was what, also a letter by the uh, the ownership group supporting Robert and Sarver. There's except that too for, now, except for John Najati. I, I, I would, li- I would like to hear from Larry Fitzgerald. Is what I would like to hear. That's what I wonder too. I mean, when when this story broke in November, John Najafi was kind of on an island by himself among mm-hmm. the minority owners, at least publicly, and what was put out publicly. Yeah, the rest of the owners, the legacy partners, they were together in solidarity. Yeah. That maybe that's the next bombshell that that comes down. Well, yes, and so I, I'm real curious about those the, the people that signed that letter. There are a lot of people, Suns fans, who were not happy with the appointment of Sam Garvin because mm-hmm. Sam Garvin was one of the minority owners who backed Robert Sarver, and it was and it was viewed as okay. So you're letting Robert Sarver pick his guy, pick his successor while he's gone, and the fact of the matter is, it looks like yes. But that was and, but that was granted by the NBA because Adam Silver working with Robert Sarver. Right. And and that very fact tells you how much leverage Robert Sarver felt he had based on his legal case and his lawyers. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and how different can we expect the Suns culture to be this coming year when Sam Garvin is a disciple of Robert Sarver? And and so and so that I think is a that right there is a, a snapshot of of how powerless the NBA was based on the defense put in front of them. Mm-hmm. That is because now that the more I read Adrian Wojnarowski's tweet about about he fought any forms of punishment at all, that tells you how strong they believe their legal position was. Uh, probably an indicator. Absolutely. We'll get more into this as the show goes on today, but it is after all a football Friday. Yeah. Cardinals getting ready to hit the road for the first time in 2022, going to Sin City to take on the Raiders. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I mean, we have to we have to play better. There's no doubt. And obviously, you have to give a ton of credit to the Chiefs as well. They played uh, extremely good football. Um, but we're looking forward to an opportunity this week to go out there and make some plays. JJ Watt back at practice yesterday. Will he be back? On the field after missing game one, he missed time with COVID, had a calf strain. He was asked point blank, will you be able to play Sunday? Are you hopeful to play on Sunday? Yes. Hopeful to play on Sunday. Yeah, let's, yeah, I'm hopeful that when he returns, he will be in that lineup for a long extended period of time. Mm-hmm. That's what I am hoping for because I, I do think he can bring a lot to this defense. You can't bring it if you're not playing. Uh, I don't think he's a superstar anymore, but I still think he's plenty good. But the big issue now at his age with his injury history is can you string together 10 straight games? Can you, can you give the team that kind of availability? I sure hope so, Vinny. I hope so too. Um, and and, you know, go back to last year when J.J. Watt was on the field, the Cardinals certainly conducted themselves a certain way. They were a good football team. He gets hurt in the Houston game, misses the rest of the season, busts his butt to come back for the playoffs, but wasn't really a factor in the playoffs. And, and again, nobody was. Um, but, you know, if you want to talk about you know, being buttoned up, you mm-hmm. need players like J.J. Watt out on the field. And, and there's so much talk this week about communication, you know, tightening things, heightened sense of urgency, wake-up call. You hear all these phrases. J.J. Watt talked about 
a heightened sense of urgency and how can how it can help the Cardinals this week? I mean, it's, it's a combination of things. You need to have great energy and you need to have uh, great intensity, but you also need to have great execution. You need to have great communication. Um, it's, it all goes hand in hand. You can't have just one without the other. You can't be you can't be running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you have so much energy, but you also can't be so dialed in and so so trying to do your job perfectly that you're not playing passionate, good football. So it's a combination of both things, but when you put them together, that's when greatness really happens. And I think that that's what we need. This on is Sunday. week two, Bick. To me, uh, and I said this earlier in the week, the, the Cardinals season starts on Sunday. Mm-hmm. There was so much talk, and yeah, I'm sure it'll continue to pop up of how the Cardinals attacked or didn't attack their, their preseason schedule through camp practices, through, uh, through reps together, to preseason snaps. You can't go back and erase that. No. So basically, no. view it this way. Yeah. You got 60 minutes and a lot of reps together last Sunday against Kansas City. There's your preseason. The season starts now. <laughs> yes, you're in a one-game hole, yeah. but you got 16, uh, 16 of these things left. Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, spoke yesterday and kind of said the same thing. Absolutely, and camp's next year. That's the issue, right? You know, we're pa- we're past camp. That's over. We can't we can't redo camp. You know, but what we can redo is is is, is week two. You know, and play better than week one. So that's our focus. It's not it's not training camp. That's next year's problem. Uh, if the Cardinals come out oh, like unfocused that. and sloppy, uh, that's also a suggestion. Suggestion, by the way, that maybe Javance Joseph wasn't a fan of how camp went down either. No, I pr- but, pretty clearly. Yeah, right. But um, if the Cardinals come out unfocused, sloppy, you know, uh, disjointed from a communication standpoint, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what Monday's show is going to sound like starting at six o'clock. Oh boy. It's going to be four hours of uh oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, no, listen, this is this is definitely an uh-oh moment, and I don't know how well this is going to go because there is a fear that this football team might not be might not be strong enough to, to get back to the postseason. Might not be strong enough to even post a winning record with the holes on defense. Uh, that is part, partly why J.J. Watt is so important to this, and that is partly why this football game this weekend is so important, just for the confidence and the outlook and the quieting of the noise. If, if they go out... And and they put together another wonky kind of effort. The, the way they approach the season, that's going to get as much as Vance Joseph wants to claim that's next year's problem. That, that's only true if they win on Sunday. Because mm-hmm. if they lose on Sunday, then the problem just gets compounded. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is going to be fascinating, man, because this is I, I, I really believe uh, the Arizona Cardinals have never played a game in Vegas, right? They've never been to the stadium. They were scheduled to go preseason 2020, but that got That's canceled. what it is. Yeah. So they've never been into this building, and I'm telling you, I've been there. I think this is going to be a little more of a challenge than people realize. The giant Roomba in the desert? Kind of, yeah. It's it just the look, the vibe in there, it just it feels... Not as not as intimidating as the Superdome, but I'm just I when I was there for that Metallica concert, I was looking around going, This is this is this is a place that, you know, you would look around and kinda go, Holy <laughs> Well Raiders fans are notoriously intimidating. Well, they were. But and are they still? Yes. I mean it it's They're a fan base that travels, first of all. Yes. Second of all, if you remember with the Golden Knights, the new teams in Las Vegas they get a big fan base. It, it, it's sort of a, a area that's been waiting so long to get a team that they're, they're pretty passionate. Yeah, I mean, I think the Vegas fan base is just growing still for the Raiders. They, they, I mean, they're one of the teams in professional sports, and they've proven it. 
It doesn't matter what the prefix is. It doesn't matter if it's Oakland or L.A. or Vegas. I mean, they could move to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and they would still be the Raiders. <laughs> I have Raiders. They'd still have that fan base. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of Raiders fans, did you hear the, the Dave Pash uh, gentleman's bet with, with Damian Lillard? <laughs> this is great stuff from the Dave Pash podcast. Dame Lillard is a Raiders fan, uh, and they've had a bet in the past, uh, and they've got a bet on this game, too. I'm happy to do another gentleman's bet for this weekend. Like, you wear a Kyler Murray jersey opening night into the arena, and then you tell me whatever you want me to do if the Raiders win. I mean, I feel pretty confident about that because I feel like we're going to win our home opener. So... But I just don't know if I'm willing to, to take that bit about <laughs> opening night. Right. Opening night, I gotta get. Opening night, I gotta get something off. I gotta get me a nice fit off for opening <laughs> night. But I will definitely wear it in the tunnel. That's fair. In the tunnel, at some point, forget opening night. Some at some point in the season, wear a Kyler Murray jersey, and and what do you want me to do then? Because like. I can't wear. I mean, people aren't really watching me. But like, is there? I mean, I'll wear a raid or something. I'll wear a blazer or something. I'll donate to one of your foundations. You tell me what to do, man. I'll do it. You got to take a picture with the Raider Nation face paint, black hole style. <laughs> okay, and then what? Put it on social. I don't have to wear it on camera, right? And Just put it, and you got to put it on social media. Okay, that's fair. Okay, it's a bet. That's fair. Black hole style, the whole the whole thing. Oh man, this is a big game for Dave Pass. Wow. I'm sure he doesn't want to paint his face silver yeah. and pose for a picture on social media with spiked uh, so Dave spiked didn't just, so- shoulder pads. Let's hope Dave didn't just step in it. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's win it for Dave. Cardinals. Win for Dave. Forget about all of us. Win right. it for Dave. Right. Okay, but I do want to see that. I was going to say that <laughs> it does give a little silver lining if really? the Cardinals lose. Black silver and, silver and black lining. lining. Right there hey. you go. Hey. hey. <laughs> Literally have a painted floor and a dark heart. Um, and I'll say this too: um, Dame Lillard remains my favorite non-Phoenix Suns player in the NBA. Not Luca. He's close. <laughs> He's your favorite hoe. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to watch Luca in the semifinals of Eurobet. Oh wait, oh. lost to Poland. What? Uh, I, re- I I reserve the right to change my mind on Dame Lillard if he goes off for fifty plus in his first yeah. game against the Suns this year. <laughs> That's a good mock by world topic. We should do that next week. Favorite basketball players who do not play for the Phoenix Suns. All right. I'm going to write That's it down topic. so we don't forget. Yeah. I'm taking Giannis with the first pick. Right. I might even take Luca. How do you know you wait, have I the first I might even pick. take Luca. Okay, wait. Do You'll you lose. This is based on votes. You would lose. <laughs> no, if it's based on, on the recent results, I do have the first pick, I think. <laughs> it's right. based on yesterday's <laughs> results. <laughs> Let's check in on that. <laughs> that is true. Uh, coming up next, we got a uh, great quarterback matchup between two good teams on Thursday Night Football. We'll get into Chiefs, Chargers, and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Chargers go without a huddle again. Right side, right intercepted on the left side. Picked off at the goal line at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Watson. Watson can go all the way. The seventh-round pick, 20, 15, 10, 5. Jalen Watson cooking hamburgers in Augusta, Georgia. Then he went to Wazoo, and now he gets a 100-yard pick six for a touchdown. Kansas City. Mm. 
Burgers. That's Mitch Holtis on uh, the Chiefs Radio Network with the call. The big play last night with Justin Herbert on one side, mm. Patrick Mahomes on the other. Biggest play of the night. And really yeah. the theme for the night was defense. The Chiefs defense got stronger as the game went on. But how about that? A seventh round pick playing in his second NFL game. Yeah. A guy who was picked one spot ahead of Christian Matthew. How about that? Uh, 243. Christian Matthew went to the Cardinals at 244. But he uh, he changes the course of the game. And the uh, Chiefs sitting pretty at 2-0. and And now the Chargers on the other side of it, not only do they suffer for their first loss, but got to worry about, uh, wonder about the status injury-wise of Justin Herbert, who gutted it out, man. But yeah, that, tough he, kid. He looked like he was in so much pain. Well, you could see on that that time he tried to scramble and he could have run, he could have walked for a first down. Well, but, yeah, the but whole he, left side of his torso was dragging and he was yeah, just like, he was right. like, you know, forget this. I'm not going to, I'm not subjecting myself to this and just kind of awkwardly just threw, the ball. threw it away. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, this would be a, this would be a big loss for the Chargers. This would be a big loss for the NFL because this is one of those rising young po- Quarterbacks, even though Jarrett mistakenly thinks he's overrated. Um, now, listen, I, I, I get the, that interception was the, the turning point in that entire game, but that interception really was not Justin Herbert's fault. The tight end on that play, Gerald Everett, was asking to come out of the game and nobody listened to him. Well, I've never understood that in the NFL. Because at the beginning of the highlight we just played, you hear the Chiefs announcer say, Chargers go no huddle again. And it wasn't even like normal no huddle. I mean, they're from the end of one play to the beginning of that snap. Mm-hmm. That was quick. Yeah. And did they need to be that quick because they looked like they weren't on the same page? And no. If you go back and watch the, the route that that Everett ran and Herbert apparently was having words with him on the sidelines after that throw, like, what was that? What was that? He might have been. Yeah. He might have been gassed. Yeah, he was gassed, and the route was half assed Is what it was. There's that. How's that for a limerick? There you go. How yes. about that? How about that? So uh, there it, once was a tight end named Everett. <laughs> I just realized nothing oh, rhymes with Everett. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So, uh, so this is a big win for the Chiefs, who are now two and zero. Big, another good start for Andy Reid. You ever see this guy, Jared? Um, you t- and but this is a dream. Dreadful game for the first half. It was really it was boring. Yeah. Uh, it was very, very boring. Yep. Got good in the second half, but this this injury concern to Justin Herbert is. I, I'll be real curious to see what comes out of this. Yeah. Either of you ever either strain the side of your body or it's like break a rib or hurt, a, yeah. or hurt a rib. Mm-hmm. It is you can't breathe. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's yeah, it's it's very difficult. Yeah, it's not it's not pleasant. Uh, Andy Reid, you ever see this guy? You Jared? ever see this guy, Jerry? Uh, he uh, shared his takeaways from the win. Uh, the crowd was phenomenal. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal. And they just kept bringing it and bringing it. I thought our defense kept bringing it and bringing it, uh, uh, and especially the second half. Everybody, the thing I'm probably most proud of was we all stuck together and. Uh, Nobody was pointing fingers at each other. And then you have the Watson and Watson thing, too. Uh, one new player and one young player step up and make make so. Yeah, I checked the Kansas City Star to see if they had elementary my mm-hmm. dear Watson as one of the headlines because you got a, a long touchdown cast from Justin right. and a long interception return from uh, Jalen. They didn't, go, they didn't there. go there. I guess that was a little bit too schlocky for them. Uh-huh. Uh, in uh, response to Jarrett Carlin's Shut up, salacious Jared. claims that Justin Herbert is... Uh, Overrated. Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, said this. It was a tough game, and you're not going to see a quarterback in any level of football play tougher and do more for their team and will their team um, to give them a chance than him. 
there's nobody that can do what he can do. Nobody. Um, he showed a lot of guts. He showed us what he shows every day, um, that we're never out of the fight. And he brought us back and gave us a chance. Look, I understand. He's good on fourth uh, down, uh, man. I'll tell you that yeah, much. Yeah, that fourth down touchdown yeah. pass at the end of the game. Uh, to will his team to what? A loss. Uh, to Jarrett's point, and I'm, I, I'm coming around on Justin Herbert maybe slowly. He's 16 and 18 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. The optics of what he does between the lines is breathtaking sometimes. With the arm talent, again, the throw before the touchdown on that last touchdown drive by the Chargers, there was one down the field where he threaded the needle and it had zip on it, and he's playing with half a torso basically at that point. He's unbelievably talented. Yeah, he the is. Chargers always just seem like a team that is loaded with talent that can't put it together. The, uh, well, that, that, their roster is great. Um, yeah. I, I think that uh, the, the other play of the night, this Derwin James guy is unbelievable. Oh, I've been saying slam. that for a couple of years. And to body slam Travis Kelsey the way he did with Travis Kelsey's a big dude. And he made it look. <laughs> Simple. He did. He did. I think the refs were like too, uh, too in too much disbelief to throw a flag because generally you body slam somebody, you're getting a flag on that. Yeah, yeah. It's that's listen. The, the, that game last night was sort of a, a, a sneak peek into the AFC West and how difficult that division is. And think about the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert apparently, by the looks of it, are going to be going against each other for the next decade. Yeah, but also with ramifications on the Cardinals, the Raiders looking at that game last night, thinking, uh oh, Kansas Uh-oh. City, yeah. uh, people right. are starting to write them off and. Maybe coming back down to the the group in the AFC West, they're two and zero. Raiders don't want to fall two games behind no. the Chiefs through two no, weeks. No, they don't. So there's yes, there's going to be urg- urgency on both sidelines. That generally makes for a good football team, football game, and we're just hoping that the Cardinals can kind of keep. Keep their road mojo going. It was also the debut of Thursday Night Football on uh, Prime Video from from Amazon. What What'd you think? Yeah, it was. I, I, I saw some. I, I saw some data that uh, apparently streaming now has actually passed cable. I saw as, that same yeah, data as the way to consume. And I'm like, whoa, really? I don't know. It, it was a little wonky at times, but I guess it was okay. My I, two. My. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jared. I was gonna say my two takeaways are the only thing that makes it tough is that you can't really flip during commercials. I don't like that. You're right about that. I mean, Jeff, you could if, if, if and you exit and come back. Jeff Bezos, you are the richest person that has ever lived in the history of the Earth. <laughs> Can't you give us a no commercial broadcast? <laughs> yeah. We need to see, you know, the Lord of the Rings uh, I mean, TV commercial every five minutes. Amazon's not a charity. The reason why they're I doing know. it is so they can charge advertisers, Jared. <laughs> but they don't make their money on the TV Come on, how about, stream. How about doing us a solid? No, Jared, yeah. I, listen, I'm, I'm kind of with there. There was somebody who said that if I forget who it was. less commercials? If, if that was their hook, that they have less commercials than a normal football game? Somebody I mean, said that that if you get to a billion dollars in net worth, somebody should give you a trophy that says you won capitalism, but that's it. You have to tap up. A trophy, here you go. You won, but that's it. Speaking you stop of, at a billion. Speaking what do you, of need that? what do you need more for? Speaking of somebody who's very close to that figure. Close, yeah. I'm, you a, don't I'm against it. <laughs> no, I agree. You don't want it. <laughs> I do love, Jarrett, that you want a billionaire to be generous and give up opportunities to make money. I think that's very sweet. Well, this particular <laughs> sweet. Sarah, Jarrett's got a good heart. Yeah. Yeah. Billionaires love giving up opportunities to make money. Anyway. I, agree. I agree with you, Bick. There was a couple times where the picture got, eh. Yeah. When it, when it was good... 
And you got a good signal. It was crystal clear, but there was a couple times, especially in the fourth quarter. There are are people who say that streaming, if if that continues, could be problematic to the live betting crowd. Uh, Because it's not. It's it's a little delayed. It's a little delayed. It can. It might go out on you. It's. Yeah. I I don't. I. I'm not into that realm, so I don't know. But that's. I've read that. Yeah. Anyway, big win for the Chiefs last night. Coming up next, uh, Jom Najafi calling for the resignation of Robert Sarver. Another bombshell in this story. A jom shell. A jom shell, if you will. Uh, what can we expect next? Pickley <laughs> Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.